Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. We are joined by Dr. Miriam Khan, who's a natural medicine doctor registered with the Allied Health Professionals Council of South Africa. She's also a consultant to NPOs and researcher in the field of sexual and reproductive health and rights. Dr. Khan is talking to us about the importance of communication for a great relationship and translated to how do you communicate your sexual needs, um, your intimate needs, in a great way that your partner will understand, not feel offended, and also be able to meet you at your point of need. How can we ask for what we want sexually? That's what we're talking about. A-teamers, join us on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0641-104-104-107. I'll do that one again, 0614-104-107 or even uh, SMS on 41391. Dr. Miriam Khan, good evening. Hey, Patricia. It's been a long time such a long time so much has been happening you know my kid is in matric this year so i feel like i'm in matric again mm-hmm. i can imagine the anxiety and the sleepless nights trying to make sure that she she knows all her work she's proficient but she's also healthy mentally and emotionally and absolutely yeah, it must be quite a joy ride for you yeah it, it's, it's actually very scary and so much is so demanding, so different from when I wrote the trick. It's a completely <laughs> different ballgame. Oh, my goodness. But I'm sure you'll do well. We'll look forward to the end of the year when you say, Whew, we are breathing a sigh of relief. We got the results and she did well. And I'm sure that's We can't wait. Get. Yeah. We so, can't wait. So this evening we're talking about how can we ask for what we want intimately and be able to communicate with our partners uh, so that w- we are all happy in the way we communicate. Where do we start our uh, conversation? I'm so glad that you that you clarified and was very specific that we're talking about sexual needs because you know, we're always talking about great communication for a great relationship overall. And I'm always you know I'm, I'm ready to be an advocate or advocate for that. And today's talk is about you know how do we how do we communicate our sexual needs our desires how do we ask for what we want pleasantly without offending our partner without losing their egos without um, you know and without being accusatory so how do we go about that I would love to hear from the listeners how do they ask for what they want and we're not necessarily speaking about a fetish or a kink, a basic thing, you know, something simple. Maybe it's just a different kissing technique. So we can, if they want to share a kink or a fetish, but that's not the focus today. Today is the basic things. And I think that it's so critical for both partners uh, to share exactly what feels good to them and to give feedback as well, especially if you have previous, if you have had previous relationships, if you have sexual history, don't just go on previous relationships and what worked there. Ask your new partner to show you or to teach you what pleasures them, what feels good for them. Or you gently 
nudge them towards what feels good for you. But what exactly do you say? You know, it's good to be specific and to try as much as possible to frame things positively, to use lots of eyes so you're not making it their fault or something that's lacking on their part. So you say, I need this in order to feel this. You know, so we'll, we'll talk about the kind of words that we use, but not lots of eyes, so it's about you. And it's better to tell the person or your partner what you do like than to criticize what they are doing. So instead of saying things like, oh, you never do ABC, or you always do, you know, <laughs> ABC, or you're not doing it right. Because, you know, when you say you're not doing it right, it's also like, how do you know what's right? When was it right? Have I ever got it right? Did someone mm. else get it right? Who got it right for you? <laughs> you know? And are you thinking about that person right now? So you want to be very, very careful about the words that you use. Let's mm. hear what some of the listeners have to say. Well, we'll definitely hear from our A-teamers uh, on uh, 0614-104-107. What is uh, the way that you use to communicate your intimate needs to your partner? And uh, are you heard when you have these needs? can send a WhatsApp uh, to uh, that number or even SMS 41391. You can also call in on 011-714-2006. And remember, it's the class of conversation, so you are more than welcome to be anonymous. You know, Dr. Khan, one thing I've noticed about um, people in relationships is that we are not the best of communicators. We are the best of complainers. We, we know how to say, oh, my partner doesn't do this, doesn't do that, yeah. can't do this. And obviously that shows experience <laughs> that mm-hmm. you've been around the block a bit and you've experienced certain things. Therefore, you know how to say they don't know how to do this. But we don't know how to say what we want to our partners. Is it because sometimes we feel shy that the partner might ask where did you learn that from um, and we want to come across as, as as coy and innocent okay so I was going to talk about that right now in terms of you know the fact that there's a lack of accountability there so you're not you know you're not acknowledging your part in that communication mm-hmm. or lack of communication because it's one thing to say my partner never does something but are you showing them what you, how you would like something to be done or what you would like to be done? Are you telling them? Are you communicating that need or that desire to them? So if you're not, we cannot expect our partners to be mind readers, right? Because we can't read their minds and neither can we expect them to read ours. So if you're not, you're not making that effort to tell them, you can't then be complaining that they're not doing a certain thing. Or you shouldn't be complaining. You should take that step, you know, make that first choice, make that choice and share your thoughts with them or share your needs, share your desires. Now, what stops us from asking for what we need? Sometimes you could be afraid to offend your partner. depends on the dynamics of the relationship. You could also be, like you said, afraid to be judged, you know, afraid to be... And it's how people frame sexual experience. So will you be slut-shamed? You know, is there a body count? Is there a number count? Are we counting how many? Are we? Do we now have to share sexual history that we don't necessarily want to talk about? So it's all of these factors that are involved that might stop you from asking. So we can work around those. You can reframe it. 
say you saw something in a movie or you read about something or someone or friend has mentioned that you would like to try, you you don't necessarily have to say you like it. You can say, I'd like to try, you know, this with you if you're open to it. And then you can voice. So you don't necessarily, if you're shy or you're afraid of being judged or you don't want to offend your partner or you don't want to go into your sexual history, you don't necessarily have to say, I really like it when. That would be in a more safe relationship when the relationship is more established and, you know, you feel safe in a relationship where you feel that you're not being judged and maybe you've had a chat about your sexual history or your past and all of those things. Or maybe you've made a conscious choice to omit that. Like, you know, both of you have had this conversation. Like, we we acknowledge each other has a past and we don't care about that past. How do we, how do we make this relationship work, mm. you know? for both of us and good for both of us. So, yes, several factors could stop you from asking for what you need. All right, so don't be scared to let us know how you ask for what you want in your sexual um, uh, partner. Um, is it as simple as just saying, this is what I like, this is what I want to experience? Or are you a shy person? Are you one of those people who are really, really, really shy to to open up and speak about your sexual needs? That's the conversation that we are currently having with Dr. Miriam Khan. Dr. Khan, in terms of, you know, especially for ladies, um, ladies are infamous or are known in general to not speak out. And yes, I know there are ladies who probably do speak out, but there are ladies who are known course, not to yeah. speak out and they would then just go with the flow. And then you find men, some A-teamers even here, would send a message and say, but she doesn't do much. You know, it, it feels as if she's compelled to be in the sexual act. So I don't even know if I'm pleasuring her or not. How can a woman like that start coming out of her shell and articulating what she wants? So you'd have to begin with the body, the body image and body positivity. So how do they feel about their bodies? How are they comfortable in their own skin? Are they comfortable naked? Are they comfortable active with their partners? Are they comfortable with the lights switched on? You know, so all of those things will add up to that ability to ask or not ask or to share or not share. So you will start there if you're looking at the mindset. Where are they coming from? Is there sexual trauma? Are there unpleasant experiences from the past? Is there any problem? So what are they dealing with that's stopping them or preventing them from being vocal about their needs? Maybe it's ideas of shame or guilt around sex. Maybe it's, maybe it's years of being conditioned that men do the chasing, that men must initiate. So all of those things. You know, you can do this on your own before you enter a relationship. Like, you know, go specifically seeing a professional who works in this field help you unlearn the damaging messages from the past that you may have received and relearn new messages. Or you can do it with your partner. It's really up to you. But it's looking at that. Each person's context would be very specific. So everyone would be very specific. And for the men who say, I don't want to offend this lady, I really love her, she's a great person, but she's not meeting my sexual needs. How does he then articulate himself to a, a, a lady that he loves, but she's not, she's not just doing it right for him? You know, like we said, we don't want to be accusatory. You don't want to mm. say, 
uh, you know, you don't do this, or you never do this, or you just lie there, you know, you don't make an effort, or you, you never, ever initiate. So you need to say things like, I think it's really sexy when a woman initiates. I mean, you use the words that, you know, fam- that you're familiar with and the words that you generally use in conversation, but, you know, that that's the kind of approach you'd use. You say, it really turns me on when or if, that kind of thing. So maybe they did something in passing, not knowing that it was something that you like and that's, you know, sexually arousing for you. So maybe you would say, you know, the last time you did this, it was really incredibly sexy or it really turned me on, that kind of thing. And then it allows them to what you like. It allows them to what you need to be in that moment and to get the amount of pleasure and to be pleasured the way you like. And with regard to, you know, a woman not being active at all, I think that out of that sexual context is where you want to have that conversation. So you don't want it. There's always a time and a place for everything, you know. So if you want to tackle big conversations, it can't be the heat of the moment because obviously that's most probably going to end up in no physical, you know, no moving, no progression with that particular instance. So you want to have those conversations outside of the sexual context and just approach them in a non-accusatory, in a pleasant, and make it about you, that you need this in order to be highly aroused, you need this in order to you know, move forward or have a pleasurable experience. Now, religion and uh, tradition and culture play a, a big role in how we relate to each other in relationships intimately because that's how we grew up, that's what we've been taught, you know, and we, we, we are molded by those societal teachings and, and morals and values. And most of the time, sexual talk is not encouraged in tradition, in religion, in culture. It's not encouraged, even amongst uh, partners. So, so then how do you break that mold for people who are extremely religious and they've been together for a long time and they've grown up together and here they are not fulfilled sexually? It's a conscious choice. You know, it's a, each person makes that choice for themselves. And just today, um, Patricia, I did a class on sex positivity. And, you know, some of the, I was, so we were sharing ideas of what does it mean to be sex positive. And it's so important to be able to understand what exactly does sex positivity mean for you? What does body positivity or body neutrality mean? And I think if we, if we are open to being, to learning, to learning our bodies, learning about our partner's bodies, learning how our bodies work, um, learning all of the physical and emotional and psychological aspects involved with intimacy. It's our approach, our, you know, our mindset. And being like, you know, in terms of having a positive attitude about sex, being comfortable with your own sexuality and with, and with the sexual behaviors of other people. So if you think of, you know, when you hear something, how, do you, how does it make, it fe- make you feel immediately? If you hear... Um, maybe through conversation or if you're seeing, watching Netflix or you're watching something and you hear a conversation that speaks about sex toys, what's the immediate reaction that you have within you? So what about this behavior upsets you or does not upset you? What ideas do you have about the kind of people who engage in these kind of activities? So do you stereotype and say, 
you know, good girls don't do this or bad girls do this. And where does that come from? So for you to unpack all of that, that's a conscious choice that you make. Mm. So everything is very conscious in, in that case. It, it starts from we the have mind. To be, absolutely. We have to be intentional. You know, it's so important to be intentional in everything that we do. And like I said, we can't expect that our partners will just know what we want. And if we don't know what we want, if we don't know what we like, maybe that means we need to do a little bit of self-exploration, you know. And if you're not comfortable with the idea of self-exploration, then maybe have a chat with your partner where you say, okay, you know, can we try this today? I'm not saying that I'm going to like it or that I want to do this in the future, but can we try it just to see, you know, how... I respond to it or how you respond to it or whether either one or both of us like it or don't like it and whether this can be a part of sexual activity for us. Uh, well, let's let's get into the self-exploration. What do you mean when you say maybe try a bit of self-exploration? So a little bit of solo play, Patricia, where you touch your body, different parts of your body, and it doesn't necessarily have to be directly at the genitals, but how does your body respond to different kinds of touch? Light touch, firm touch, hard touch, you know, a soft touch, uh, faster, slower, um, maybe different temperature, so a cold touch. So if you're using, for example, the back of a spoon, you know, or something warm, how do you respond? Do you know what you like, the sensation that you like? And then do you know where you like to be touched? Those kind of things. How comfortable are you with your body? So I saw a patient uh, last week who said, you know, they're in a new relationship, a new marriage actually, and it's freaking her out that her partner wants to have the lights switched on. You know, she wants the light, she wants them to, to, to stay on. And she's like, what does he want to do? You know, he just has to do his job. What does he want it's to just have a job. life? You know, he just has to do this. He knows where it is. He must just get it there and be done, you know. <laughs> so why does he need the lights on? So you can see from there alone that she is not comfortable, you know, being so-called exposed, even though it is her husband. So it's the, the contextual. And even just today, I saw a patient who had similar concerns with regard to how she feels about her body or lying naked next to her partner, also in a new marriage, and needing to work on body positivity and body image. So how comfortable are you with your own body mm-hmm. as a woman, you know, when you look at yourself, when you look at yourself in the mirror, your body, when you look at your naked body in the mirror, how do you feel? And are you confident sharing that body with all of its so-called imperfections? Because a lot of us, sometimes there might be a minor flaw, but we, or there might be, you know, we might perceive something to be a flaw, and we exaggerate that flaw in our mind, and we compare ourselves to what we see in the media and airbrushed photos and, you know, contoured bodies so how do you feel about your body so that's what i mean about Mm -hmm. self-exploration and what kind of touch feels good for you do you know can you share that with your partner can you say a little softer a little harder you know can you say those things 
Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know, one thing I've noticed is that the older we become, the more confident um, we end up becoming when it comes to articulating your sexual uh, needs, desires, and preferences. So is this this an age thing, that we become more comfortable with our bodies and ourselves and articulating ourselves the older we are? It is partly and also because we realize that it doesn't serve us to worry about what people think because people are just going to think what they think anyway. And so we want to live our best lives and we want, and also time is shorter, time is less as we get older, time is more precious. So we know that we must make the best of the time, the little time that we have. It becomes more unpredictable because the way you know we look at the life cycle, we as when we're young, we, we just assume we have a long road ahead, a long life to live. We know that's not necessarily true, but as we get older, we realize that it doesn't do anything for us. It doesn't serve us to worry about what other people think. We start to become more and more ourselves. We we have more tolerance for ourselves, and this greater self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And as we reach that part of our life, we're able to be more vocal about what serves us. Hey, Timus, um, I want to hear from you. How do you articulate yourself? How do you tell your partner what you require sexually? Whether it's a new partner, um, a partner that you've been with for a long time, or are you a person who's just holding it in and not saying what satisfies you? And is this not causing your sexual life to be boring and mundane, ordinary run-of-the-mill? Let us know. WhatsApp 0614-104-107 or SMS 41391. We are also available um, for you to call in on 011-714-2006. Our guest is Dr. Miriam Khan. Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Closet Conversations. Hey, teamers, we are in the closet having a conversation with uh, Dr. Miriam Khan, and we are talking about how to articulate yourself when it comes to a sexual relationship. Send your messages on WhatsApp to 0614-104-107. It can't always be easy, especially if you are struggling with confidence issues, you know, to articulate yourself with your partner. However, um, it's, it's something that needs to be done. I've got a message here from Anonymous who says, Hi, Patricia. Is watching pornography bad for a relationship? Doc? I think that it depends on what exactly you're watching and how often are you watching it and what do you need from it. So is that a, like a workup to the actual physical act? So, you know, is that something that you need? Is there a certain act in that particular pornography, you know, whatever genre of pornography you're watching, is there something that must be there for you to be aroused? How often do you turn to pornography? What kind of pornographic material are you actually watching? And are you are you doing this secretly? Uh, does your part, is your partner aware and, you know, so just you understanding what kind of role and the impact that it has in your relationship in that regard, then we'll be able to assess whether it's actually damaging the relationship or not. In certain religious conversations, it might be understood as damaging the relationship. So just to understand the rest of it, the psychosocial factors as well. And to understand whether it's 
a compulsion to understand how excessive it is, those, those ideas. And also, just to bring in the conversation of ethical pornography, so what exactly are you watching? Um, yeah, is it, is it pornography between two adults? How is the pornography created? Is there a particular kind of script behind it? What exactly are you watching? And what do you need it for? So let's say a couple wants to watch together. Um, would you then also need to scrutinize all these things? I think in general, because we're moving towards more ethical ways of living, even within pornography, there's a move towards ethical pornography. So how is it created in terms of you know, whether the people there are being exploited or not, whether that was... Um, pornographic material that was consensually put up uh, online, um, the age of the people, that kind of thing. So several factors. So it depends on what your so-called kink is. But if you're watching it because it gives you a kick, like an erotic kick, um, and it's just a kink to watch, kind of like a voyeuristic thing, then it would be completely different. All right. Let me read this one from Lance in Durban who says communication is built over time with your partner such that at some po- at some time when you know each other well, a simple gesture communicates something. It's important to let your partner know what turns you on and off. The problem is when you meet someone who was previously involved with a number of people. That one is not easy to satisfy. He or she keeps comparing you to previous lovers. That makes him or her to always complain rather than let you know what makes him or her climax. Building communication is very hard with such a person. Sex more of a spiritual thing than just physical. That's what Lance has to say. Um, I I think we discussed this a bit earlier on, uh, Dr. Khan, that uh, there's that notion that if a person has had multiple partners before you, they will tend to complain or compare but it's not always that. Other people just don't know how to articulate what they want. I agree. And I think Charles also partly answered his, you know, or gave kind of like an, 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 a response to his commentary in terms of saying that sex for him might be a spiritual act, a um, spiritual journey. And for that particular person who may have had several partners, previous partners, are they on the same page? Are they on the same wavelength? So what exactly? Are they chasing something, a certain thrill? Or is it also a spiritual thing for them? I don't think necessarily people are comparing to previous partners. It might be an experience, not necessarily a partner. It might be a, a joy that they had, pleasure that they had from a certain experience. And maybe they want that pleasure. They might not necessarily be comparing you by saying, that person was better. Maybe you, you know, what? Maybe they don't, they have difficulty communicating or articulating how they would like you to change a certain technique, maybe a different touch, or a different position, or a different angle. Not necessarily comparing people. And I think sometimes we need for ourselves to separate that, so to understand they're not necessarily comparing the person as a whole, as opposed to the end result of an act. Mm. Um, and I can only imagine how 
blissful it is if partners are able to communicate with each other ad- adequately what their sexual needs and preferences are. Because as we grow older, we change, we learn new things, we want to feel a certain way. And not every mood wants the same sort of touch, feel, um, position sexually, uh, the sort of the same foreplay. So every mood has its own different needs in it. And it would be so blissful for partners to be able to articulate at every point in time, as opposed to just once off, you know, I like this, um, I like you to touch me like this. And then when he does it or she does it tomorrow, it, it doesn't feel the same way. But I think, you know, Patricia, to add to that, that it's, it's a kind of it's a kind of narrative we want to nurture and we need to nurture. So the more conversations we have about sex and sexuality, the more we remove the so-called tabooness of it, the more we create the ideas and create spaces where people can have actually have that. You know, so the more we remove the shame and stigma and those ideas around discussing sex and sexuality, where people actually become and are able to be comfortable about their own sexuality and their sexual experiences, we allow for those spaces. We allow for people to actually have those kind of relationships. Here's another message from Anonymous in uh, Makandam, who says, the other thing that turns me off is when we have sex, then my partner just keeps quiet. I like a woman who makes noise when we are intimate. That alone turns me on. My question to you, Anonymous, have you told your woman that you want her to express herself? Have you asked why she's quiet (laughs) during the sexual act? Uh, Maybe those would be able to help you. Because, uh, Doc, I don't know. Uh, Um, What's your thought? um, Can I I add there, uh, is everything that you're doing sufficient to elicit a moan or a groan (laughs) or a scream out of her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Anonymous, if you can respond, please do. Uh, because sometimes a person is not um, uh, moaning, person? yeah, not moaning and yeah. groaning like a, a porn star. They 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 are quiet because they are enjoying the moment. They are enjoying the moment. They are in the fields. They are understanding what they are doing, and they are by nature not a loud person or an expressive person. And Patricia, you now just spoke to that question about how pornography can be damaging. So if you have an idea, if that's an idea of what, you know, a a pleasurable experience, because that's what you have been conditioned to understand is pleasurable, that could become a problem. If you think that a woman has to be screaming or moaning or groaning or ridding, and as much as it can be very, you know, arousing, but if, if it has to be there, then that can be problematic. Because mm, okay. different, there are different ways of expressing pleasure. It could be the way a body is being contorted, or it could be a moan. It could be a facial expression. It could be nails digging into your back. It could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be vocal, but if it's something that must be there for you, so you need to establish whether that is something that must be there for you, or you would prefer, or is it preference, like something you like. So is it a kink or is it a fetish? You know, so do you like that or does it have to be there in order for you to have a certain, you know, that, that you cannot get aroused or you cannot reach orgasm if it isn't there or you cannot enjoy yourself completely if it isn't present in the equation? And if it is that important, 
and you need to vocalize that and you need to verbalize that with your partner. Only fair, only fair. So, Anonymous, I hope you have heard. Uh, just find out from your partner. Communicate with your partner. And if you are also making noises, yeah, because maybe you're also very silent. <laughs> and she's also just uh, taking the cue from you. She doesn't want to embarrass herself. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's communicate. Doc, as we close off our conversation, perhaps uh, give us uh, those uh, tips on how to best communicate uh, with our partners what our sexual and intimate needs are. Sure. So, like, like I'd like to repeat that it's very good to be specific. You know, so be specific as much as you can, but to try and as much as possible to frame those things, whatever you say positively. It's better to tell your partner what exactly you do like than criticize them and what they're doing. Use words like please, say I really like it when you and fill in the blanks or, or say I really enjoy. Um, ask them, is there anything that really feels good for you? You know, can I do something? So or ask them what feels good for them. So not don't make it only about yourself, but ask them what feels good for them. Or say, would you please and you fill in, you know, the, the blank the words. So whether it's a touch, a kiss or put your mouth here, or that kind of thing. So would you do this? Would you do that? Um, and you say yes or no. You use your hands. If you can't be verbal about it, use your hands in the heat of the moment and guide your partner gently. Give them an understanding, a kind of some kind of indication that you like it like this. You know. So are you able to say um, yes no, are you able to say harder, slower, faster? Are you able to say a little to the left or a little to the right? So that is very important. And to remember not to say, you never do A, B, C. You always do A, B, C. You, you're just not doing this right, or you can't get it right, or you never get it right. Rather show them and rather say, I really like it when you, or can you do this instead? Or I would like to, you know, try this instead. So make it like, you know, not as if it's um, something that's missing on their path or path, or like that they don't know how to do this. So they don't feel offended and you don't hurt their feelings and bruise their egos. Make it that something that you need or you require or you want in order to reach the kind of pleasure you're looking for. So they want to create that. We've spoken about this in previous episodes where we, part of sexual health is a safe and pleasurable experience. And you know, if you're in a relationship where we care and respect each other, we want to also create those kind of spaces where people get a safe space where they get to experience pleasure without coercion, without violence, without discrimination. So never make those suggestions that require a person's consent or that requires a person to, to think about something like a big you know like a big thing a big ask never make those kind of requests in the heat of the moment in the heat of the moment it's basic things like i've just mentioned previously if it's a big thing like if it involves some kind of bdsm that kind of stuff you want to ask and discuss these things in a non-sexual context you want to give your partner you know, get, allow them the space to think about this, to ask questions, to voice their concerns without feeling pressured. So just 
try to have you know an idea of what exactly you're wanting to voice. So the, the ask, the request that you have, is it something that can be requested in the heat of the moment, or does this require a sit-down discussion, not in a sexual context where they don't feel coerced or pressured to make an immediate decision? I think that is very important. Well, on that note, Doc, I'd like to thank you so very much for joining us and uh, giving us those tips. I'm hoping that uh, we are going to start communicating our sexual and intimate needs a bit better with our partners. And we're going to end up reaching those orgasmic climax. (laughs) So, Doc, for those who want to be in touch with you, how do they do so? The social media handle is at Dr. Mariam B. Khan. And my number is 079-380-8449. Thank you so very much, Dr. Khan. It's been such a great pleasure. Pleasure, Patricia. Hey, teamers, uh, we are done for this week. Our Thursday edition is closed. We are back again on Monday by Grace. So between now and then, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of your loved ones, and may goodness and grace lead you all to the great heights of success.